morning, church. Uh, Today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 10. If you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Again, it's Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You can be seated. Well, Happy New Year, church. Good to, uh, good to be here this morning. We have officially in our our house officially moved past the uh, tricking the kids about New Year's, where we just pull up a YouTube countdown at like 7.30 or 8. Um, there, it's like a badge of honor now that they want to stay up uh, to midnight, which typically means I stay up. Um, if you know my wife, it means she does not stay up at all. Um, she was asleep with Mila about 9.30, uh, but I did wake them up at 11.50, and so they were, they were awake, Jake, so that counts according to your rules. Uh, so we, uh, yeah, we had a good time. We saw some fireworks. We uh, popped some fireworks, and uh, it was good, but now we are here, and I, most Sundays, I wouldn't be offended by this, but especially this Sunday, if you need to get up and walk around just do that. If you need to fall asleep, I trust the Lord's sovereign in that, and he, you're going to hear what you need to hear. Uh, and so, yeah, just do what you need to do. Um, but I do commend all of you for, uh, ho- hopefully a New Year's resolution was to go to church more than you did in 2022, and you're starting off right. Uh, imagine how many people have broken that already. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about this is the elect, but I don't think that's how it works. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so I'll refrain from that. Uh, no, so uh, if you are a, a guest with us, typically what we do is we'll take a book of the Bible and we'll preach through uh, that book of the Bible. And a few times a year we kind of take breaks and uh, do what, what we call just standalone sermons or uh, we'll, we'll kind of do topical sermons uh, where um, we, we kind of take, specifically in the, the first Sunday of the year, we typically take one of the spiritual disciplines and kind of look at that through the lens of Scripture and, and how that um, how we can apply that to our lives. Uh, and this Sunday, uh, we're going to pause First Peter. We've been in First Peter, but we're going to pick that up next Sunday again. But, but this Sunday, we're going to talk about uh, the, the importance of the gathering of the saints, uh, that, that what we're doing right now is important uh, on, on many levels. And, and, and it's more than just uh, coming and checking a box. It's more than just coming and saying, oh, yeah, I go to church. Uh, but, but there's something happening here uh, when, when Christ in me meets Christ in you and, and we commune together with the Holy God and with one another. There, there's something 
There's something happening. There's something special. There's something supernatural even happening in the way that the Lord is forming and shaping us. So we're going to look at that. We're, we're going to look at that text from Hebrews, and, and then we're going to just spend uh, a, a large chunk of our time kind of uh, looking at uh, really kind of the, the application of uh, what that, uh, how that plays out in our lives. And so um, the, the author of Hebrews, in, in this section, uh, so he starts with therefore, and so anytime we see that, we've got to ask what? What's the therefore, therefore, right? Okay. Um, so the, in, in, if we look back, the author of Hebrews, from uh, the, the beginning of the book until then, he's, he's been talking in great detail about the sacrifice of Jesus and, and really all the implications that kind of come along with that uh, in regards to the law, the old sacrificial system, the, the future grace that, that we have even now. Um, it, it's and, and, and how we have that through his blood, the blood of Jesus. And so when he says, therefore, at the beginning, it's, it's already carrying a lot of weight. Um, and, and then uh, it, he sums up kind of what he's talking about right after therefore. He says, therefore, since this, and uh, what he is saying there is, again, since this is all true, since the, what the sacrifice of Jesus has done is made a way for me and you to be in communion with God the Father, since all of this is true, since we can now come into God's presence because of the work of Jesus, so he sums that up, and then he has three instructions for us kind of in this passage. There was a phrase repeated three times in that text. Did anybody catch it? It's okay if you didn't. I'm going to read it again. So let's see if you can catch it this time. I'm going to read it one more time. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Anybody catch it that time? Let us. Okay, so there's three of those. And, and again, the author of Hebrews, is he's, he's, he's putting this out there and saying, because of the work of Jesus, because Jesus has made it possible, let us do these three things. And, and it's these three things right here. We ha we'll have it on the screen. Let us draw near to God, which already is mind-blowing. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold fast to the gospel, the confession of our hope, without wavering. And let us consider others. Okay, so we're going to look at each one of these just real quickly. The first one, let us draw near to God. Again, we can confidently and cleanly enter into God's presence with the full assurance of our faith only because of whose work? Jesus. Only because of the work of Jesus on our behalf. And so that right there is a sermon, Right, we read that and we hear that and we say yes and amen. And that could stir our hearts, affections to worship him because he's made a way. Jesus has made a way for us to be reconciled with God. And so now we not only have, it's not only just the opportunity to draw near to God, but, but because of what he's done for us, we have the joy to draw near to God. 
We, we, we have the ability to draw near to God and not just that, but to know him. To know this unknowable, unsearchable, almighty, holy being. We have the opportunity to know him. And we're going to get a little bit more into that as we talk in the back half. So that's, that's the first. We can, we can draw near to God because of Jesus. And then the second, let us, let us hold fast to the gospel. We can hold on without wavering because God has faithfully promised us the fulfillment of our hope. Okay, we, we can hold on without wavering because God has faithfully promised the fulfillment of our hope. I love how Matthew Henry describes this verse. He says, we must depend more upon his promises to us than our promises to him. And he is a faithful God. It says so even right here. For he who promised is faithful. And so we can rejoice in that as we hold fast to the gospel. And we can hold fast without wavering because... It's on Christ, the solid rock, the firm foundation that we stand. This is Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Listen, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Now that is all-encompassing, right? That, that has nothing to do with us except for what Jesus has done and allows us to then do. We stand upon the solid rock, but we're not standing by our own strength. It's him, it's his strength that is not going to let our foot be moved. It's not going to let our hope in this gospel waver because of who he is. And then the third one, let us consider others. And, 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 and as we're considering others, as we're considering one another and, and, and considering ways to, to stir one another up to love and good works, that, that is us giving proper care to Christ's body. Okay, we give cr- proper care to Christ's body by doing two things. One, considering and uh, taking time and actually thinking through and considering how to give and receive encouragement for the good works that we're to walk in. Uh, as we're here on Sundays, gathered together, as we're in community groups through the week, as we're in Bible studies, all of the things and all the interactions and touch points that we have with the body of Christ during the week, we, we are considering how we are to give and receive encouragement. And uh, Eugene Peterson, in his, his translation of the Bible, The Message, he says it this way, and I love this. He says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Like that, that, that takes a bit of consideration, right? It's one thing to just think about something and like, oh, I'm gonna encourage someone today uh, in, in the word. But, but to then actually think and like, I'm gonna be creative. I'm gonna be inventive. I'm gonna think of and dwell upon ways that I can encourage my brothers and sisters because I know that I need it and I'm gonna trust that the Lord is going to work in his people and give and receive encouragement. So that's the first way we consider one another. 
And the second is not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together. So th- this word neglect uh, means just to fail to care for properly. Like does anybody have uh, like a plant in the house that's just out of reach and, or out of sight and you kind of forget about it and after a while it's not so green anymore, right? It has been neglected. It, we've failed to care for that plant properly. Therefore, it hasn't flourished, it hasn't grown, it hasn't received the nourishment that it needs to receive. We haven't taken care of it. Other translations kind of include um, uh, neglect. They include uh, abandon, forsake, desert, renounce, turn away from entirely, fail to do something you ought to be doing. So that's that's the, the, the second way it, that we care for, we consider others and care for the body of Christ is by not neglecting to meet together. And so again, what we're talking about here is, is gathering together on Sunday mornings when, when we come together uh, around word and table and, and the Lord moves in, in ways that only he can. And so if we are able to, especially while we're here, if we're able to obey these commands, then we need the spirit of the living God's help to do that. And one of the ways, again, that he helps us is here on Sunday mornings, the gathering of his saints. Again, there's something special and, and supernatural when Christ in me meets Christ in you. And, and the Lord dwells with his people in a very tangible way. And for, for centuries upon centuries, the church has gathered together, the people of God have gathered together to be molded and formed and shaped by the Spirit of God, by the gospel itself, by the scriptures, and, and by the liturgies, by the elements of worship that we walk through. And, and again, none of it is meaningless. So every, everything that we do here in our service is, is purposeful. It's intentional. There, there's no filler. There's no just, oh, well, we just do that because we've always done it. Um, but it, everything that we do is intentional in ways that, that are rooted in Scripture, that, that are, have a history and in church history itself, and, and it's meant to, again, it's meant to form us and shape us to accomplish those three let us commands. Does that make sense? Oh, good, yeah. It helps us to draw near to God, hold fast to the gospel, and to consider others. And so when you think about it this way, when you kind of think about the weight of the gathering and the weight of meeting together, it, it kind of puts a lot more weight on why meeting together virtually when the pandemic hit it was never like a long-term plan for us, right? It was, I mean, we did what we could and, and, and we wanted to be faithful in that, but that was never going to be okay for us long-term because again, there's something happening here. There, there's something happening, and, and again, it's like it's fine to podcast sermons. It's fine to 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 listen to worship music and be encouraged. Uh, but but what happens long term? And, and I, I hate that we've seen this. Even what happens long term is if you get too used to that, if you get too used to just sitting on the couch and watching a church service. Or going, oh, I like the preaching here. I'm, I'm going to listen to this preaching, and then I'm going to tune in here for the worship. And, and okay, then I'm good. And, and we get this false sense of, of that's what church is when, when it's really not. It's really not. That's more of an ecclesiological buffet that we just kind of pick and choose. And it becomes problematic because the entirety of the service, even, listen, even our alarm clocks going off, and us driving to service is intentional. 
It's intentional. We'll get to that in a, a moment. But it's the whole of service. It's, it's the whole of the thing. It's not just the preaching. It's not just the singing. It's the whole of it. Let me, let me give you an example. On June 16th, 2007, I stood on a stage next to my wife in front of our family, in front of our friends, and, and we, something happened where, where we became one flesh. There was two people, and then suddenly in, in that uh, service, in that uh, What's it called? A marriage ceremony. Ceremony, yeah. It's been a long time, guys. I, uh, in that ceremony, something happened to, to where we were then bound to one another and to the Lord. And, and it wasn't just the, the flowers or the tuxes or the Chuck Taylor all-stars that I and my groomsmen were wearing, even though it was awesome. But it wasn't just that. There, there were varying degrees of importance on those things, on the vows, on the kiss, it was all of it. There were varying degrees of importance on all of the elements. Maybe not the Chuck Taylors, but they all, everything else mattered and they played a role in our wedding. And, and now, if you think about it in this way, how foolish would it have been of me while we were standing there repeating our vows and I'm hearing Allison vow that she will be committed to me for her whole life as long as she lives that she would be committed and we would die old together, hopefully, and, and live one another, love one another in sickness and health. How, how foolish of me would it have been to go, yeah, 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 hey, I'm, ju I'm just here for the kiss. I, I'm, ju I'm just here for the worship. I'm just here for the sermon. It's, it's not just these individual elements. It's the wholeness. It's the wholeness of what God is doing. Because it's far too easy for us to get caught up in, yeah, 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 that's great, but I'm, I'm just here to sing. Or I'm just here to hear Jake preach or any other number of things that we can get caught up in valuing. See, I want us to look at the importance today of the gathering by looking at the different forms that our worship takes as the covenant community together. So when we look at the gathering here are some biblical commands for worship. We're going we're gonna to put this up on the screen. We don't have time to run through all of the scriptures, but, but we'll send this out in the weekly email. But, but again, want you want to constantly put forward uh, things that we do that have been rooted in the word of God, of why we do things. Uh, and, and here are the biblical commands for worship. We're to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to practice the ordinances of baptism and communion. We are uh, to teach, preach, and have the reading of the word. We are to give, and we are to pray to one another. And so again, every time the covenant community of God comes together, every time the saints of Northbrook come together, we're going to have these elements. And they'll, they'll take different forms at different times, uh, but, but you will see all of these biblical commands uh, and, and so one of these examples, I'll just run through some of the liturgy or liturgical elements that we go through. And, and if that's a new word for you, uh, it, it just means the work of the people, uh, which again, that puts another weight on uh, it, it's all of us, right? This is not a spectator thing. Uh, I mean, don't get fooled by a stage and a microphone. Like I'm, this is, we are the people of God together. This is the word of God going forward. And so when we are called to worship, Think about this, and, and if you, you want to dive deeper into this, man, I cannot recommend highly enough a book called Desiring the Kingdom by James K.A. Smith. Uh, it's incredibly, walks through all of these liturgical elements, and so I'm leaning really heavy on him. Um, but, okay, so you think about the call to worship. 
the call to worship, uh, it, it's not just something that we do to kind of start service or to, to, to kind of help orient our minds uh, and, and hearts of what we're doing, although it is that, but it's not just that. Like the call to worship is, is something that is reminding us that, that the first time we answered that call to worship was when the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to see the beauty of Jesus, to see the beauty of the gospel, and to run to him. Now that is so much more effective and so much more weighty when we think of it through those lenses as opposed to just, all right, hey, I'm going to read this scripture as we get started. Now we, we answered the call to worship when Jesus became our Savior. We answered that call. And now on Sunday mornings when we set alarm clocks, when we get into our car, when we drive to service, we are answering that call. And, and it's forming us and shaping us, even driving in. It, it's molding us. It, it's, we're, we are realizing there are houses, there are apartments, there are stores that we are driving by that are full of people that are not answering the call. And this picture of us right here gathering together is a picture of God on that day when he will pull his saints together out of a dark and dying world and we will worship him forever. We are rehearsing eternity right now. We get to do that. Driving to church molds and shapes us. It is the call to worship. He is calling us out of the world. We leave the world behind and we gather together. Singing, and singing teaches us in, in powerful ways. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I come away from a service with what a song stuck in my head. I mean, Jake has some great lines, but, but when it's set to melody, it sticks with you. There's something about music being a gift that, that moves powerfully in our hearts and teaches us, which is why one of the most important things that, that we do as a worship team is vet songs. Because if we're, if we're just putting songs out there that are just the new song on the radio or the new song by whoever or whatever, a lot of times it doesn't make sense or it's just bad theology, uh, but it's really catchy, but let, so let's do this. But it, it doesn't matter. Because we do that, we, we know that molds and shapes us. It teaches us. And so we don't want to be informed and we don't want to be taught wrong things in that. And so I'm so grateful for the team that helps out for that. Carol, Abigail, Will, uh, James, a lot of folks make suggestions. Um, and and it's, it, it's one of those things that where, where congregational singing is very important to us. And so uh, sometimes we have a lot of people on stage, but, but we always want to make it to where the music is inviting. It's not coming at you. It, it's inviting, right? Because the, the band is here. We, we've got some incredible musicians uh, that, that the Lord's blessed us with, but, but this is not a show. This is not a spectator thing. The, the band is there to help us congregationally sing together because when we sing the exact same words when when we join our voices and all of our different voices become one that that's saying something we are all saying together we believe this we love you lord we are worshiping and stirring our hearts affections together it's so important 
the public reading of scripture. This is, it's the law of God. This is the word of God. This is, this is God's will for our lives. And so when we read from the Bible, we, we want to draw attention to it. We want to remain standing when we can. Because it's not just, again, a, a, a seated, passive thing. This is God's word coming and, and changing us from the inside out. Uh, sometimes we'll do uh, confession and assurance of pardon, uh, and we may not call it those things, but, but there will be moments, uh, even as Jake just led us in the call to worship, uh, there, there were things in there, as he read Ecclesiastes 3, there were things in there that, that I was thinking about in, in 2022 of, man, I, I really blew it there. I, I really stunk it up there. I, I confess that, Lord. And, and then I met with the assurance of my pardon, the assurance of my faith by that exact same text and thinking through to 2023 and God's invitation and him calling me to, to, uh, to, to uh, use that text and have it mold and shape and form and, and change me from the inside out to more uh, faithfully, hopefully more faithfully walk with him in the future. And, and, and those two things are, are interesting, right? Confession and, and, uh, and the assurance of pardon, because you don't really want to have one without the other, uh, because one, uh, you, you want to have, uh, well, let's say it this way. If you, if you just have the, uh, the uh, profession of, man, whew, if you just have the assurance of pardon, that, that's very like easy believism, right? That's, that's very kind of Oprah thing. Like you don't have to confess. You don't, you don't say, you don't have to do that. You're good. All roads lead to God. You, you know, you're good. So we, we're doing these things and, and a lot of times they're molding us and shaping us in ways that we don't even know. So when we're confessing, uh, here, here's an example again. When we're confessing, if, uh, if we take time every Sunday to confess our sins, to confess to God, to others, uh, if, if we're routinely doing this and going through this rhythm, if we're routinely, routinely doing this, then when our kids, uh, when maybe your kids are old enough now or maybe they will be, but some, if it hasn't happened yet, there will be a day when your kid calls you and says, hey, I really messed up. I really need your help. I, I blew it. And in that moment, wh- whether we want to, to kind of get in their face and berate them and, and come down upon them, we're reminded every Sunday that we have been confessing and we've been met by the grace and the mercy of God. And that molds us to then become better fathers, better friends, better coworkers, better family members. Because then we get down in our kid's face and we pick them up and we say, get up, I love you. Let's go, let's keep going. Because that is how our father has treated us every Sunday. And so there are elements of the gathering, again, that are, that are helping us to be better looking versions of, I don't really want to say it that way, to look more like Jesus. I was going to say better looking versions of Jesus. I don't think we can do that. I, I just, I want to confess that right now. Uh, to, look, uh, to look more like Jesus in, in the ways that, uh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, communion is, in a lot of ways, um, it, it's this remembrance, right? We get to hold the elements. There, there's a physical, tangible reminder of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus for what he's done for us. And, and so, uh, again, we're like 
tangibly, we get to hold this, and, and it puts this, this realness to it. Like, if you were here um, on uh, Christmas Eve when, when Jake was preaching and he brought up Luke Fagali, I mean, just, I mean, that put a whole new perspective on Jesus coming as a baby, right? And so when there's a physical representation of something, it's, it often kind of triggers things in our hearts and our minds to help us kind of re- read ourselves into the story a little bit more, right? And so we have these tangible reminders, but again, there's something else too there, that, that it's Christ in me meets Christ in you. And so it's the Lord communing and dwelling with his people in a, in a really supernatural kind of way, and not, not like a weird, spooky way, but, but in this real, real, real beautiful way that we get to commune together with one another and with God. I love, um, uh, I, I think it was uh, Mike Cosper, he said that, that communion can be a sanctified letdown at times because it, it's meant to remind us of Jesus. It's meant to remind us of the marriage supper of the Lamb, but but yet again, we're practicing communion because the Lord's tarried. And he hasn't returned. And so it's this hope, but also this longing. And I love that. I love that. And then the, the benediction or the blessing or the sending. Again, it's not like, uh, hopefully you've, you've noticed. And if not, maybe, maybe you can notice now. But, but we don't end our service with, all right, go have a great week. You're dismissed. Because it's not a dismissal. It, it is a sending it's an intentional picture of the Great Commission. When, when Jesus gathered his disciples on that mountain and, and told them, hey, go, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go, and he sent them out. And, and that's exactly what's happening to us. Again, the Lord's tarried, and so we're here again. And so this picture of we're saying, hey, go in peace. Be, be sent by the power of the Lord. And we then leave and we're scattered to then worship him in spirit and in truth as we're gone, to be, uh, to be uh, ambassadors for him to the outside world, to those people who have not yet answered the call to worship. And you see the, the weight of these things. You see how the Lord moves in these things. Man, what a gift the gathering of the saints is. It's, it, it is incredibly important that as we uh, go through our, our services, as we go through really our lives uh, outside of, of service, or we'll call it, if we call this gathered worship, we can call that scattered worship, because we're always worshiping, and hopefully we're, we're choosing the, the right one to worship. But, but as we're going, we have to be, um, man, especially now, I just think about, you know, new year, new you, right? Like, like that's the, the marketing ploys that are going on right now. Of you're you're going to see so many uh, gym memberships go on sale. You're going to see so much fitness equipment go on sale. You're going to see all of these things get better organized in 2023, all of these things. And they're constantly going to come at you because they know that, that if they can get that part of your imagination, of that part of what you're thinking about, then you're hooked. Then they've got you. And they, they know that all too well. Uh, Mike Cosper, again, he has this... Um, uh, this quote, he, he wrote a book called The Stories We Tell, and he, he's talking about um, Axe body spray uh, in this. He says this, the product sells because the advertising doesn't even attempt to be rational. It targets the imagination. The ads appeal to the hopes and desires of young men, namely their own desirability, 
and the effect is more powerful than any rational appeal could ever be. Wouldn't it be great, says the ad, if you could just spray this and find yourself wanted? Such dreamy, wouldn't it be great thoughts are at the heart of much of our marketing world, and they work because our imagination can take us there, even into the world advertisers promise, even if the products themselves cannot. There, there was this, uh, man, it was probably 2004, I don't know, it was a Super Bowl, and it was kind of uh, at the uh, somewhat the, the height or kind of near the tail end um, of, of the war. And, uh, man, there was a, a commercial during the Super Bowl. And, and it was just this airport. I don't, maybe you remember this. Uh, it was an airport, and it was just kind of showing scenes of people sitting, waiting. And all of a sudden, you heard this kind of like clap, slow clap kind of starting. And, and the, pam, the camera pans over, and there are soldiers in fatigues walking off like they had just come home. And, I go, and man... Everybody in the airport stands up and they're clapping and they're cheering and it's like slow motion and it is I mean My heart is just I was watching it with all my college roommates and we we're all just like trying not to like like sinking back in the couch not showing, Just crying and man, you're like, yeah, what are, what are you selling? I'll buy it and then it's like Anheuser-Busch <laughs> no, I mean nothing else it didn't say anything else it just that f- logo faded in and, and it's trying to grab your imagination and put something, put you in this place uh, emotionally and spiritually. Uh, and, and it's kind of trying to put you in this headspace to then go, here's the answer. It talks nothing about the ill effects of alcohol abuse. It talks nothing about the dangers of it. You see what I'm saying? And so when we come here together and worship, listen, if, if we are not confessing our sin, if we're not lamenting, if we're not kind of pulling back the veil and looking at the darker parts of our hearts, then we are doing no different than advertisers. If we only talk about the good things of Christianity, uh, of the good things of our salvation, which yes, we are going to celebrate, but, but if it only becomes that, then what happens when we're struck with suffering? What, what happens when we're feeling downcast? What's happening when that phone call comes? You see, we're being shaped for all of life. No, the Lord is, he's so gracious. He, he's so generous to us to give us the gathering, to mold us and shape us, to form us counterculturally, because again, it, it, it's forming us in ways that the world is trying to form us in different ways. And so a lot of what we're doing is even undoing that, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can do it. And we're coming together going, no, we can't. But he can. And we get to worship and celebrate him together. So we got to be faithful to lament. Two things to be mindful of as we, as we wrap up, and then I have a kind of a New Year liturgy that I want us to, uh, to read through. But two things to be mindful of. Um, be careful of cultural liturgies. Okay, so, so be careful of what you are spending your time doing throughout the week in your scattered worship. So be careful of uh, the Netflix binge. Uh, 
Netflix is not wrong, but be careful. Be careful of the, the websites that you frequent. Be careful of the YouTube videos that you watch. Be careful of the articles that you read. Be careful of this, this, this. Be careful of how you think about certain things or certain people. Be careful because everything is trying to mold and shape you. Everything. And there are people out there, again, we just talked about marketers, advertisers, there are people out there that do not have good intentions. Be mindful of that. You can do it. You, we, we can do it. Be mindful. And then the second thing, you can't be molded and shaped by the gathering, by, the, by what God is doing, by Christ in me, by Christ in you. You can't be molded and shaped by the gathering if you're not here. And th this is not like a guilt trip, and this is not a shame. <laughs> uh, I told Jake what I was, uh, uh, the Lord was on, my, it was on my heart to preach, and he was like, oh, that's a great Sunday to do it when half the congregation will be gone. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. So it's not, a, if you're listening to this on podcast, it's not a shame. Uh, think, but it's, it, I heard a report a couple of, maybe, maybe last year or two years ago, that the average American attends church two times a week, or the average Christian that professes Christ, two times a month. That, that's 50%. It's kind of shocking. And I understand, listen, like travel, you know, visiting, doing things, I understand that. But two times. I, I don't really know what to do with that other than just say it and kind of let it sit. Like, is, is that, are, we, are we okay with that? That's something you got to wrestle with. That's something you got to wrestle through. The importance of being here together. Because, again, the, the words that we sing, the words that we hear, the words that we even say together, it, it doesn't matter if we feel like saying them or not. And I want to be careful here because I don't, I, I'm not... I'm not encouraging going through the motions and, and just showing up and checking a box. There's a fine line there, but I'm not encouraging that. But what I am encouraging is church attendance should not depend on your feelings. It, it, it shouldn't be, I have a friend, uh, Charity, many of you know Charity. She loves to say, I mean, feelings are good indicators, but they're dirty liars. It doesn't, whenever you don't feel like going to church, Whenever you don't feel like singing the words or reading uh, the, the, the liturgy, prayers, confessions, all, all of these things, that's when we most need to do that. Because we've got to believe that the Lord, despite us, often is still molding and shaping us even when we don't feel it. He is the one that's faithful. He is the one that's going to do it. And so we, we often put words in our mouths and, and we say these trusting and, and in hope that our hearts will catch up with our mouths. And so, yeah, we, we have a, a liturgy right here that we just want to walk through as kind of a, a, a new year liturgy to kind of close out 2022 and walk into 2023 uh, hoping for greater faithfulness and awareness. And so uh, we'll, we'll go through this and read this together, uh, and then I'll pray for us, and then we'll move into communion. But let's, church, let's confess this together and pray. Father, as we say goodbye to last year 
and welcome in the new year with holy hope and great expectations. We ask that you would bless our steps. From the mistakes of this past year, would you comfort us, help us to learn, to grow, to rest in your grace. From the sorrow of this past year, would you renew our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the weariness of this past year, would you raise us up in your strength. Would the fresh feelings of newness this year spring forth new and greater awareness of your mercy and grace within our hearts and minds. We beg that you would help us to look more like Jesus this year than we did last year as you continue to transform our hearts to degrees of greater glory. King Jesus, we lament that you have not yet returned, and we ask that your spirit would help us to remain faithful until you do. We join in with all of creation as we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. May every inhale and exhale bring you honor and glory as we walk into the unknown of this new year, trusting that you go before and behind to hem us into your glorious grace. Amen. Amen. Spirit, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that you have promised to meet with us and, 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 and you are faithful. And so we thank you for the ways that you mold and shape us, God, in, in ways that we are aware of and ways that we are even unaware of. Um, God, would you help us to be faithful uh, because you are faithful? Would you help us to, um, would you help us to lament? Uh, would you help us to confess? Would you help us to rejoice? And would you help us to uh, walk in the victory and the life that you, Jesus, have purchased for us? We need your help, Lord. We are feeble and frail, and we are, we are swayed often to and fro. Lord, we need your help that, that we're not uh, blown about by every wind of doctrine. We need your help. We long to look more like Jesus. We thank you for the ways that you do that in the gathering of the body and the gathering of the saints. We thank you for the ways that you do that throughout the week in our scattered worship as we're with one another in groups and Bible studies and coffees and lunches and uh, texts and, and, and all the ways that we have connection, Lord. But we pray, God, that you would help us to be mindful, that you would help us to, to, help to teach us what to want, that you would help to teach us what to love, that you would help to teach us what to say goodbye to, what to kill, what to put in the ground, and what to leave behind, because there's a time for that. So would you help us, Lord? We need you, and we thank you, and we love you, and it's in Christ that we pray. Amen.